Greetings, everyone. Welcome to Sabbath Services. Here we are, another Sabbath closer toward Passover and Days of Unleavened Bread. Well, as you look at the world, the world's completely in trouble almost everywhere you look. One of the main things right now is the problem with the banks. When you have a big bank like Swiss Suits go under, you know there's great trouble. Now, how the dollar fits into all of this, you need to realize that Brazil, Russia, China, India, and South Africa, they're in what is called the BRICS association. And that is, they are working to form a new standard of currency for payment for international payments. And they're running fairly good competition toward the dollar. So everyone is wondering, how long will the dollar last? Some people say it may collapse in May, but that's highly in, uh, highly likely at the present time. But one day, it will. Now, you've heard about this. The CB at Central Bank's DC digital currency. Now, what they want to do is to have all currency digital. And when that happens, they control everything that you do. Now, in China, they have that set up pretty good. And people who are troublemakers, they can't travel, they can't make certain purchases because they can control you. And with the flip of the switch, you can have no money. And flip another switch, and you have no identity. So this is where it is going to go. Now, will there be a lot of pushback against it so that it may not happen in the time and in the way that they think it's going to happen? We don't know. But let's come here to Proverbs 22 and let's learn a really good lesson here. So what you need to do, any large purchases you need to make, make them. Don't leave a lot of money in the bank. Make sure you have some cash set aside so you can operate on that for the time being. Okay? Better still, if you've taken heed to things in the past and you have some gold and some silver, make sure that you have it where you hold it. Because if you don't hold it yourself, you don't own it. And if you have it in a safety deposit vault, forget it. The government can confiscate it with just the flip of a switch. Okay? 
So here, Proverbs 22 and verse 7. Okay. The rich rides over the poor. Doesn't that describe what's happening today? Look at what happened with the failure of the SVB, the Silicon Valley Bank. It was a complete, woke, progressive, Democrat organization. And they ran it like there's no tomorrow. We're tech people. We can do anything we want. But then everything caught up with them. So instead of letting the bank collapse, because there were a lot of large depositors in there with tens of millions of dollars. And remember, you, when you go to the bank, it says, your account is guaranteed by the FDIC up to $250,000, okay, to each depositor. So, if you have more than one account in the bank, is it wise to have more than one account? Now, I don't know how much anybody has. You know what you have, you know what you don't have, and you know what you need to do. Okay, so the rich rules over the poor. Now, the comment was made that when Biden said, oh, we will ensure the deposits of the SVB, Silicon Valley Bank. That means these giant depositors were guaranteed all their money. Now, what does that look like it could represent? What happens if another bank comes to the same fate? What if it's a Republican bank? What will they do? Okay. Now then, there's also talk that the big four banks... Bank America, Wells Fargo, Chase Bank, Citibank, okay? Now, they may end up being the only banks left because everybody's doing everything online. See? Well, they're still old fogies like me. We have accounts, we have checks, we pay our bills by mail, and we write the check, Okay? Now, they want it so that they don't need the local banks. And when everything is digitized, control, complete control. Okay? Now, this will represent for all of the hackers a wonderful field harvest of taking your money without you knowing it until you try to use it. Okay? So we'll just say this, that the digital money will be the very last step before 
the mark of the beast. Now, will it be? So let me ring the cowbell. Will it be that because there will be so much hacking of the accounts of individuals, because it's all online, okay, that they will be forced to tell everyone now, you must have a chip in your right hand or in your forehead. Okay. Is that how it's going to come? Okay. Sooner or later, it'll come to something like that. We don't know exactly what it will be. Okay. Just yesterday, our bank across the street, they said their system was shut down for about five hours. Okay. Now, I don't know why it was shut down. But I do know this. This bank that we have the church's money in has been a smaller bank and it is always sold to a larger bank. It first started out as South Valley National Bank, then San Benito Bank, then Santa Barbara Bank, then Union Bank, which it is now, and they're selling to U.S. Bank. Okay? So that means that one branch during the time that we've been here in Hollister has had five different owners. So don't know what it means. So when they, with all this banking thing coming up, and when Terry told me that she couldn't go over to the bank and make the deposit on Friday, that I was wondering, I wonder what's happening. See? Okay, so let's finish it here. The rich rule over the poor, and the borrower is slave to the lender. Now, how many years have I told everyone, mentioned to everyone, get out of debt? Okay. Now, do not, when you have credit cards, do not let a residual amount go over because the balance is charged 27%. Okay? So, while there's still cash, operate as much as you can on cash. And whatever you have on credit card or digital or whatever, debit card, Make sure with the credit card you pay it every month, okay? Which means this. In these times of difficulty and trouble, we're going to have to end up sacrificing something, right? Don't know what it is. So measure out what you do don't get caught holding the bag. Don't leave a lot of money in the bank. Now, for the church, we keep the account below 250000 Okay? Now then, we've already moved things along to make the second 
edition, second printing of the Bible. Okay. Now, let me tell you about the Bible. Okay. First of all, we started out with the New Testament in its original order in 2003. Okay. We had three printings totaling 25,000. They're all gone. I've got three copies at home. That's it. Okay. Then we did the original Bible in its original order after Michael Heiss was the translator of the Old Testament. And in it, he didn't want to take any credit for his translation of it. So he just wanted me to mention that he was a Hebrew consultant. Okay. Well, he's more than that. He's a Hebrew consultant. He's a Hebrew scholar. And now he is an elder. Okay. So in this second edition, second printing, we're going to feature him and also have him listed as a translator. Because he's the one who has the knowledge of the Hebrew to do it. I don't. Okay. But I have the knowledge of the Greek, which he doesn't. So together, that's how we were able to do it. Okay. Now then, in getting everything ready, we had certain corrections and things that we made. There were just, just a few, and we'll make note of those. Okay. But what we want to do is this. Of the leather Bibles of the 15,000 that we had, okay, we have just over 4,000 left. So that's plenty. That, that's a good supply of the calfskin Bible. We're completely out of lambskin, we, except we have two boxes. Okay. We have less than 1,000 of the paperback Bibles. So what we're doing, we're ordering 6,000 Bibles total. 4,000 will be black smooth vinyl, which will be the Bible. Okay. And 2,000 will be paperback. Since the time that we did the printing of the Bible, Cindy Curley, who did the artwork on the box... Now, this artwork is very complicated, and for printing purposes, you have to have three separate layers. And only a graphics artist with a graphics artist program can make them. Well, when we got searching around to find out, well, where was the information for the box? Well, Heidi Vogeli, whose, whose husband John died a year ago, last Feast of Tabernacles, he had everything stored in his computer. So she went in there to look for it because she worked with him on developing everything that we have. And the only thing she found was the front cover and the back. So how are we going to get all the design that's on each side? Well, I took it to a graphics artist, and they said they couldn't do it. They have to have the uh, material. They have to have the original of these things on the side, because with 
only the front and back. We have nothing on, on the rest of it. So I called Randy Vild, and I asked Randy, I said, told him what the problem was, and we needed a new photograph of the Hebrew. Uh, I have the, the 1550 Stevens text for the Greek, and we can photograph it here. And could you look and see where we could get the kind of Hebrew so we can recreate everything we need for the presentation box? He says, let me check. I might have it in my files. So he checked, called me back 20 minutes later, and he said, praise God, I have it. <laughs> All four layers. Okay. So that solved that problem. We had a problem with the paper because the printing company, Imago, and they print them in China. And let me tell you the difference in the price from China printing it and in America. In America, it would cost $100,000 more. Okay? So, I wanted the type of paper that we had in the special calfskin edition. And the only thing I remembered about the paper was that it came from Spain. And the, and the broker who brokered it to Lithopak in China for the, the printing of the Bible at that time, and that was back in 2011, okay? He's no longer around. The company that printed it, Lithopak, when the Chinese took over Hong Kong, they no longer exist. So we had, we had no way of reproducing this and no way of knowing the paper because I maggled when they sent me copies of a paper to select from. They didn't have paper that's comparable to what we have in the calfskin Bible. But this company was in Spain. So I was discussing it with Ron Carey and Ron decided to go ahead and do a search. So he found the company. And they sent us samples of their paper, and we found the paper that we need. So we had Imago order the paper from them for the printing of the Bible. Okay. So, everything's getting ready to go, okay? Imago said they've ordered the paper because I, I sent $70,000 wire transfer because I'm doing what I'm advising you to do. Use the funds that you have before they're worthless or before inflation takes off and the dollar is worth less than a penny, okay? So, get it done. While you have it. Okay? So everything's set in motion with that. All right? So that brings you up to where we are with this. Okay? Now then, want to talk a little bit about the financial situation here. Let's come to Ezekiel 28. Okay? Because it is Satan's 
system. And it's a system of using other people's money to make money for yourself and give them part of the money as payment for using their money. Okay? Now, little sidebar here. When the kingdom of God is on earth, we're going to have an economic system based upon the seven-year cycle and the jubilee. And that's how we're going to have continuous growth during the millennium without inflation and with a strong money, whatever it works out, it will be. But Satan's way is to get the money into the hands of the rich, oppress the poor, and worship Satan. Okay? Now, here is Ezekiel 28 and verse, verse 14. You were the anointed cherub that covers. I set you so. You were upon the holy mountain of God. You have walked up and down in the midst of the stones of fire. You were perfect in your ways from the day that you were created until iniquity was found in you. Okay? And if there's anything that is corrupt right now, besides religion, we'll talk about religion a little bit later here, okay? It is the whole financial and governmental system of this world, okay? Now notice, by the multitude of your merchandise, what do we have today? In this gambling arena that is called the world banking system, they have what are called derivatives. Derivatives are like betting on horses. Okay? And there are over $400 trillion of derivatives of various kinds in the world. And those are all bets. So it's going to collapse. Okay? How soon? How severe? We don't know. They have filled your midst with violence, and you have sinned. What does this system always lead to? It leads to war. Okay? And what do the rich do, the leaders do, when they have a war? just like Adolf Hitler. They take all the gold, all the silver, all of the precious things into themselves, and who knows where they took all the gold that they got out of Europe. They even did this for the Jews that they were killing. They would knock out their teeth and take out the gold that was in their teeth, and then they would melt it down and use it for fillings for the Nazi soldiers too. Okay? Nothing like having your enemy in your mouth, huh? (laughs) Okay. Therefore, I will cast you as profane from the mountain of God, and I will destroy you. Now, destroy here means bring to nothing. Okay. We won't get into the message on atonement about 
destroying Satan. He's not going to be destroyed. He's going to be tormented forever. Okay? O covering cherub from among the stones of fire. So that means he's not going to be anywhere in a position around God's throne. He can come up to God at the present time and talk with God, and like he did when the trial of Job was underway, and like he does with us, that it says there in Revelation 12.10 that he accuses us day and night before God. See? Your heart was lifted up because of your beauty. You have corrupted your wisdom by reason of your brightness. I will cast you to the ground. I will lay you before kings and that they may behold you. By the multitude of your iniquities and by the unrighteousness of your trade, you have profaned your sanctuaries. Okay, sanctuaries, Satan has two kinds. Banking and religious. Okay. And they're profane. They're satanic. See? And the world is all deceived. Now think about it. Wherein it says that that ancient serpent, Satan the devil, is deceiving the whole world. See? Now, look at what you watch on television. It's all controlled. All controlled. Look at the ads. Look at the movies. Look at the things that they have. They're all satanic and more satanic and demonic than ever before, right? Yes. So, Those of us in the church of God, we need to make sure that we stay close to God, all of us, okay? Remember what Jesus said, Luke 18, when the Son of Man comes, shall he find the faith, meaning the true faith on earth? That's us. And I don't care where you go with any of the churches of God. We're small, we're counted as nothing, and we are all, not all of us, but a good many of us are reaching the end of the line, right? Yes. What's going to happen after that? All right. Well, want to get into a couple of things here since we have about 15 minutes. I'll go ahead and let you know what we're going to do, okay? We don't know how it's going to turn out with the banking, so keep your eyes on that. We don't know how it's going to turn out with the church. We don't know that. But what I want to do is I want to bring to you the main reason for Christian Biblical Church of God, the main reason for all of the publications that we have, and why we do what we do. See? And let you know this. I have no personal debts. Jonathan has no personal debts. 
We don't draw large amounts of money. We don't need it. What do I need money for? I'll just end up whatever. That won't work. Okay? The important thing is this, that we preach the gospel, we preach the truth, and we publish it and have it hard copy so when they, they take down the Internet, it will still be available and they won't wipe it out. Okay? Now, this system, okay, that we have today, I want to read you what I wrote concerning the New Testament in its original order when it was first printed. Today, now I want you to think back. I wrote this in 2003. And as, as I read it, I want you to think what has happened from 2003 up to 2023, which is 20 years. Okay? Today's modern pluralistic secular scientific world has no room for the true God, God the Father in Jesus Christ or his word, and the Holy Bible. Now, come to Romans 1. Let's see what they have done. And let's see what the world is, and it's going to get worse. Okay? And why it's incumbent that all of us remain faithful in everything that we do. Okay? Here's how I got that way. Verse 20, Romans, the first chapter. For the invisible things of him are perceived from the creation of the world being understood by the things that were made. You stop and think about everything that is made. You know, our bodies represent trillions of cells and bacteria. Okay? An amazing thing. Okay? Now think how much more amazing eternal life is going to be. Okay. But they say we evolved over billions of years. See? Well, if we evolved, how about a little quick evolvement for all the transgenders, huh? If you think you can change what God has made, your sex is branded on every gene in your body male or female. And all the changing that they can do will never change anything. Now, by the things that were made, both his eternal power and Godhead, so that they're without excuse. Because when they knew God, they glorified him not as God, neither were thankful, but became vain in their own reasoning, and their foolish hearts were darkened, while professing themselves to be the wise ones, they became fools. I submit to you, Joe Biden. All right? And that's punishment for us as a nation for rejecting God. Think about that. See? God uses people. When they're good, the people are doing good, they get good leaders. When the people are doing evil, they get evil leaders. 
Same thing with the immigration problem. And the immigration problem is not going to stop, and it's going to devastate this nation like we have never understood. Okay? Here's what they've done. They changed the glory of the corruptible God into the likeness of of an image of corruptible man and of birds and of four-footed creatures and creeping things. Verse 24, for this cause God abandoned them, and he abandoned them three times. That's where we are. How did that abandonment start? Well, let me read it to you here, okay? Today's modern, pluralistic, secular, scientific world has no room for the true God, God the Father and Jesus Christ, or his word, the Holy Bible. Lloyd Gearing, a fellow of the Jesus Seminar headquartered in Santa Rosa, California, is an outspoken advocate of a secular humanist religion, Christianity without God. And he wrote a book with that title. Can you imagine taking the name of Christ and inventing something without God? Huh. Now, he lives in New Zealand, he's still alive, and he's a hero down there. Nice, sweet, lovely old man. See? Okay? So he writes. So appeal to human rights led in turn to the abolition of slavery, rejection of racism, emancipation of women, and the acceptance of homosexuals. Look what happened because accepting homosexuals. Okay? You haven't seen the last of that. It's going to be unreal. All these emancipations evolved out of the Christian matrix and today are even sometimes referred to as Christian values. Isn't that interesting? Even in the churches, they talk about values rather than obedience, rather than the laws of God. Okay? Yes, each of these innovations has pitted the developing secular world against the overreach dogmas of conventional Christianity. The emancipations already won along with those still in the process of being achieved, have been made possible only at the time that we have also been steadily emancipating ourselves from obedience to a supposed supernatural heavenly father whose revealed will was not to be questioned. Okay? Get God out of everything. That's where we are. That's why the churches of God are few in number. So God brings difficulties and hopes. They'll repent and come back to God. Who knows? But how much are they going to destroy their lives? We don't know. We have now reached a stage within the evolving stream of Christian tradition, when to achieve the most mature state of personhood. Okay? Think of this. 
When you reject God, what does God call you? Just read it. Fool, right? Notice what he says. The most mature state of personhood, we must become emancipated from the last element of our cultural tradition, which has the capacity to enslave us, namely theism. In other words, get rid of God. You think he's going to go away? Huh? No. Okay. We have reached a stage within the evolving stream of Christian tradition when to achieve the most mature and personhood. Okay. Now, secular futurists today, however, must know that the world's future is, as never before in human history, dependent upon us humans. How have we done so far? Huh? Not very good. Because the modern global secular humanist world stands in unbroken line of descent from the, the Christendom of the past, we can justifiably speak of this post-Christian dispensation as a further but different form of Christianity, it is now Christianity without God. Okay. Now, we'll, we'll preface that by coming to Second Timothy, the second chapter. Okay. Now, the Apostle Paul knew that the time was coming that he was about to pass from the scene and die. And I think all of the apostles were disappointed that Jesus didn't come in their day because they all thought he was going to come in their day, right? And then, especially when Jerusalem was surrounded with the armies and the Romans came and they captured Jerusalem, tore down Jerusalem, burned it to the ground, tore down the temple, burned it to the ground, and Jesus didn't come. So now they were in a conundrum. The church, and he wrote this before that happened. Okay? Well, here's what he's telling Timothy. Okay? Let's first of all go to chapter 4. He says, verse 6 of chapter 4, For I am now ready to be offered, and the time of my departure is at hand. Now, we need to face some facts, look at things the way we need to, and understand that things need to be prepared before I pass from the scene for Christian Biblical Church of God. Okay. Now, at the present time, I'm 88 and three quarters. Okay. One woman is praying that I live to be 130. <laughs> well, I don't know if that's going to happen or not. Okay. But I can assure you this. I am not ready to die. Okay? 
Now, I'm not quite as strong as I used to be, but at this age, that's to be expected. Okay? But recent examination by the doctors, I have a good heart, good lungs. My overall health is very good. My mind is still working, thankfully. Okay. So, we need to be ready. So when that event happens, because it will, no one has escaped death, not even Christ. Okay? But, because who he was, he was raised from the dead, the way he was raised. Okay? So, we don't know how long before that time comes. So, just like all of you, I pray that God will give me whatever time he wants to give me, and I pray that God will give to you whatever time he wants to give to you. Okay? However that may be. And we all need to take care of our own lives, our own bodies, and you need to take care of yourself by natural herbal and vitamin and supplement means. Those are all things that have come from what God says, dust you are and the dust you shall return. So think about that every time you take a bite of food. It came out of the ground. Maybe help develop animals, birds, chickens, okay, whatever. But it's all from the ground. See? So we need to take care of ourselves. And I know a lot of brethren do not take care of themselves, but run to the doctors for every little thing rather than try and study what they need to do to take care of themselves. Now, Betty Hiles is here with us. She's 90 years old. She's older than me. Okay? But she, for the last 50 years plus, right, been taking care of herself with herbs, natural food, organic food, organic meat, organic milk, organic cheese, whatever. Huh? And she still drives. Yes. Okay. And that's not a horse and buggy. <laughs> Although sometimes she drives like that. <laughs> okay. All right. So with that said, we'll take a break. And then when you come back, we're going to discuss how we're going to set up a system that will be in place so that when I do pass, which I will, everything will run as smooth as possible, just like turning a page. So with that, we'll turn the switch, and we'll be back in 20. Welcome back. We'll continue on. Now, this part of the message is going to be 
what's going to happen when I'm no longer here? And how are things going to be taken care of? All right? So let's look at some principles here that are very important. Now, as I mentioned, my health is very good. And I forgot to mention that they ran one test. I have no, no cancer. Okay? So my health is good. I take care of myself. I exercise every day except the Sabbath. And if you are close to my age, exercise in a proper way is really good for you. Okay? Now then, the Apostle Paul knew when his day was coming, as we read in chapter 4. So he says here, let's come to chapter 1. He talks about the gospel and everything about that. That's, that's the important thing. Let's come here. Let's pick it up in, in verse 9 of chapter 1. Okay? Who, that is God in Christ, has saved us and called us with a holy calling. Okay? Always remember this. It has to come from God. Not according to our own works, but according to his own purpose and grace, which was given to us in Christ Jesus before the ages of time. So this shows he understood the responsibility that he had and that it, it didn't depend upon him but it depended now, as he was coming close to the time of passing, what he would do to help Timothy prepare to do things after he was gone. Okay? So he continued on by saying, but has now been revealed by the appearing of our Savior Jesus Christ, who has annulled death, and has brought to light eternal life and incorruptibility through the gospel, under which I was ordained a preacher, an apostle, a teacher of the Gentiles. Now, I was ordained as an elder and a teacher. And for all of those of you who are still stuck on Herbert Armstrong, Herbert Armstrong ordained me. Okay? on the last day of unleavened bread in 1965. Okay. For which cause I am also suffering these things. Nevertheless, I'm not ashamed and I know whom I have, have believed and persuaded that he has the power to keep what I have committed to him to that day. In other words, looking to the day of the resurrection. Hold as the standard for doctrine. All right? This is what needs to be. You hold the standard of doctrine, the word of God. Okay? Now I'll explain what that's going to be in just a little bit. The words which you have heard from me in faith and love that are in Christ Jesus. 
So everything has to be in God the Father, Jesus Christ, and the Holy Spirit, and the teachings that God has revealed that we need to follow. Okay? Guard the good thing that was committed to you by the Holy Spirit that is dwelling in you. Now, right here, let me mention, we have ordained elders. And many of you know them by go to meeting, which is every Friday evening as the Sabbath begins, hosted by Steve Durham. So you ever heard them. So you know them. So you understand who they are. And we're very thankful for them, and they have been very faithful with the exception of one man. Actually, two. And they, they must remain faithful. And true to the word of God. And not given over to their own vanity and self-importance. Because that is a sure recipe, if they do, to disaster. Okay? So, then he says, you know, uh, verse 15, that all of those in Asia have rejected me. Now, we don't want that after I go. We want to have a continuity using the elders that God has raised up. Okay? Now, Paul talks about that here. Okay? Chapter 2 and verse 1. Therefore, my son, be strong in the grace that is in Christ Jesus. Okay? And that's what I'm going to be charging all of the elders today and continuously. Be strong in the grace of God, in the love of God, in the truth of God, and the doctrines that are taught from the scriptures. Okay? And all of those who are going to help in speaking and teaching, I'm going to suggest you get a cowbell. So that when you have an idea you're thinking about, no one's going to mistake it as doctrine. Okay? Now, you have a lot of things to work with. You have much more than it was provided by the Church of God when I left. See? And that taught a, a, a great lesson, which is this. You cannot teach salvation by pamphlets. Booklets are fine if they keep people turning to the Bible. Okay. Verse 2. And the things that you have heard from me among many witnesses, these things commit to faithful men. Okay. Faithful. 
That's the first and important thing, okay? Such as will be competent to teach others also. So that's what has to be. Now, those elders who have been on go-to-meeting, we have how many all together? About eight or nine? We are going to have them beginning next week, so it's not going to be a last-minute thing. You see, the worst thing in the world could happen is if everything waits until I'm dead, then what are you going to do? See, you must prepare ahead of time. So this is what we're going to do. We're going to have presented every week, beginning next week, a half-hour presentation, which will be played on our live outgoing stream every Sabbath. Okay? Half-hour. Okay? Now, also, that opens them up to my critique. (laughs) Okay? Now, not to be hard on them or to pick on them, because I admonish every one of the elders who are going to be involved in this, you must correct your own selves. You must be faithful to God. And I'll tell you this right now. If you are not, the brethren will know it. See? And you, as elders, must, Listen to anyone who has anything to say to you about how you're teaching and preaching. And be willing to make the corrections. Okay? But you can solve the problem first by staying close to God and correcting yourself. Okay? Now next week... Because of go-to-meeting, Steve Durham is the one who has been hosting that for, what, six years. He's going to bring the first half-hour message, which we'll play right here, and Jonathan says he's going to hook it up to the video so we can watch that, okay? It'll be part of the normal stream. Yeah, it'll be part of the normal stream that we have every Sabbath. Now, after that, The next one will be Lyle Johnston from New Zealand, okay? And Betty reported that Russell Kemp gave an excellent message last night on GoToMeeting, all right? So, this will give all the elders plenty of time to grow and improve and understand the doctrines even more than they do now, and in their ability to speak and teach. Okay? Now, as I mentioned to them, okay, let's come here to chapter 2. Here's the most important thing. Verse 11. This is a faithful saying. If we died together with him, that is, by burial and water baptism, 
we shall also live together with him. And that's the whole purpose of preaching and teaching, so that we all attain to the resurrection of the dead. If we endure, we shall also reign together with him. If we deny him, he will also deny us. So this is the charge he's giving to Timothy. And this is the charge that I'm giving to all of the elders who are going to now start speaking on the first segment of our live streaming. And then I'll finish the rest of the, of the message. If we are unfaithful, he remains faithful. He cannot deny himself. So notice the faithfulness that is brought here. Faithful men. Faithful to God. See, that's what it has to be. See, because being an elder is not a promotion. Being an elder, as Jesus said, the one who is serving, he is the one who is like Christ was. He came and was serving. See, not lording over. Verse 14 now. See that you be mindful of these things, earnestly charging them in the sight of the Lord, not to argue over words that are not profitable in any way, but which lead to the subverting of those who hear. Now, verse 15 is a key. The key is, is all the elders must continue growing in grace and knowledge. We can never come to a point where we can say we have accomplished. We don't need any more. That's wrong. This is how. Diligently study to show yourself approved unto God. You love God, you serve God, you preach his word, you study his word, you serve the brethren, you teach them, see? You correct yourself, help the brethren learn how to correct themselves, and is that not the whole meaning of the Feast of Unleavened Bread? Yes, it is. Diligently study to show yourself approved to God a workman who does not need to be ashamed, rightly dividing the word of the truth. Rightly doing it. That means don't come up with any cockamamie ideas that may sound good to you. Because there's a principle which is this. You can't take from the tree of the knowledge of good and evil and take the good and graft it into the way of God because it will always lead to disaster. I submit to you, worldwide church of God. Okay? Now, for your information, in case you don't know, where the, where the auditorium was, not the auditorium, but the hall of administration next to the auditorium, they tore it all 
down and built luxury condominiums. Is that because Herbert always liked to be with the rich and famous? I don't know. But it's very ironic that that happened that way. So you see, we have to be faithful in what we're doing. Now, let's come to Jeremiah 20, 23. And as I brought out in the recent elders conference here, we had a good conference. And so this is not only for them, but this is for us. And we learn all learn together. See? Okay, Jeremiah 23. Now, let's look at it this way. Whenever you study the Word of God, it's like God speaking to you. Okay? Especially the first person quote. Whenever an elder or teacher teaches the word of God, he is representing the word of God because Jesus said when he sent them on the trip for evangelism, said preach the gospel, heal the sick, raise the dead. The one who receives you receives me, Christ said personally of himself. And the one who receives me receives him who sent me. So how important is it to preach and teach the word of God the way that God wants? See? It's to be a service for God to the people of God that we can all together grow in grace and knowledge and be in the first resurrection to be the sons and daughters of God. That's what Paul was writing about, about the gospel of Jesus Christ that was before the ages of time. Okay? So verse 20, Jeremiah 23. The anger of the Lord shall not return until he has executed, until he has performed the purposes of his heart. In the latter days, you shall understand it perfectly. This tells us there are a lot of things we need to understand in these latter days. And that's why there's so many things going on. And think about this. Never before in the history of the world do we have it as such that we can know what's going on at virtually any place in the world at any time that it is occurring, right? Okay? So we'll understand it. Okay? Speaking of these prophets that are in the world today, I've not sent these prophets, yet they ran. I've not spoken to them, yet they prophesied. But if, I want you to understand how powerful the word of God is because it comes from God. See, it's not our clever understanding of it. It's not something that we invent. Okay. But if we remain faithful to the word of God, which is the whole purpose of why we are preparing now for what's going to happen in the future, 
not knowing how long in the future it's going to be before it occurs, okay? But if they, even they, because God is no respecter of persons if you properly teach the word of God. But if they had stood in my counsel and had caused my people to hear my words, then they would have turned them from their evil and from the evil of their doings. And they haven't done it. And look at the world. Look at America. Look at what is happening. Okay? Now, a lot of people are hoping that there will be a reprieve of some kind. We don't know. A lot of people are thinking, well, if Trump gets in, everything will work out. Really? Will it become so bad in the next two years that not even Trump can figure it out? See? Unless he comes to God, God's way. Don't think on that. And that applies to each one of us, applies to each and every one of the elders. Okay? Come down here to verse 25. I've heard what the prophets who prophesy lies in my name uh, saying, I've dreamed, I have dreamed. Okay? How long shall it be in the heart of, of the prophets who prophesy lies and who are prophets of the deceit of their own heart? That's why it's the word of God only. That's what's important. Okay? They scheme to cause my people to forget my name. Christianity without God, right? Who's ever heard of such a thing? See? You talk about a bunch of self-righteousness. We're so good, we're going to solve all of our own problems. And God, you don't exist. Go away. Get out of here. That's what's happening in the world. Forget my name by the dreams which they tell, each one to his neighbor, as their fathers have forgotten my name for Baal. Now, then he says to the prophet, the prophet who has a dream, let him tell the dream. Okay? Now, the rest of that verse, and the one who has my word. And we have all of it, right? Word of God. Belongs to God. Thankful we can work in it and do it and understand it. That's what's important, see? The one who has my word, let him speak my word faithfully. That's how it's going to be. Now, remember this. Let's come to Proverbs, the third chapter. One other principle. Mark this down in your notes. Paul wrote to the Jews who claim they're the only wise ones. And to this day, they still act that way. When was the last time you heard a Jew who's a teacher or a preacher tell you that God destroyed Jerusalem twice because of our sins? Huh? Never heard it. See, they always accuse the enemy. They always accuse someone else. But it's their own sins. See? So the 
question becomes, how do you remain faithful? Okay. Remember what Jesus said. He said, I am the way. No other way. The truth, all of God's word, Old and New Testament, and the life. And no one comes to the Father except through me. See? And that's what it has to be. God's way. So how do we remain faithful? In spite of everything. In spite of the pressures. In spite of people. Okay? Right here. Proverbs 3 and verse 1. My son, do not forget my law. Where is the law to be written? in our hearts and in our minds, right? That's how we are to think. We are to think with the Word of God, with the Spirit of God, with the truth of God, okay? But let your heart keep my commandments, for they shall add length of days and long life and peace to you. Do not let mercy and truth forsake you. Do not become a whipping boy against the sins of the people or the brethren. Show them the truth and how to repent. Okay? Do not let mercy and truth forsake you. Bind them around your neck. Write them upon the tablet of your hearts. Now, isn't that New Testament doctrine in the Old Testament? Yes, it is. Okay. Right? See? There we go. And so shall you find favor, that is grace. And of course, grace means we have direct contact with God the Father and Jesus Christ, and they dwell in us through the power of the Holy Spirit. Right? Yes. I mean, think about how great what God has given us to do in the calling and teaching and everything like this. Okay? And good understanding in the sight of God and man. All right, here it is, verse 5. This is how. So think of it this way. Truth plus trust equals faithfulness. Let's read it. Trust in the Lord with all your heart. Okay? Everything that you do. Think about that, the daily prayer. What is it? You honor God, you honor his name, and then the next thing is what? Your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Correct? Yes. Okay? That's trusting in God. When you pray that God's will be done in your life, you are trusting him to help you, to guide you, to lead you, to give you understanding, to correct you, to help you correct yourself, and help you understand the word of God. And this is the whole purpose of what it's going to be if there's going to be a Christian biblical church of God after I pass from the scene. All the elders are going to have to be faithful. All the elders are going to have to improve their speaking, their writing, everything that they do. Okay? 
Trust in the Lord with all your heart. And notice the second part of this. Lean not to your own understanding. See? And isn't that where the church got in trouble? Okay. When they wanted to become like the world, to have Ambassador College accredited. Sounded good, right? A little good from the tree of the knowledge of good and evil. Okay. So what did it do to the, to the college? They had to hire professors that the accrediting board approved. So what came into the church? The world. Okay? Lean not to your own understanding. In all your ways acknowledge him, and he shall direct your path. Now I want you to go over these three verses here, verses 5, 6, and 7. Every one of us and especially all the elders, in prayer, in study, and thinking about where do we go from here? How do we live our life from this day forward? Okay? He shall direct your paths. Now verse 7. Do not be wise in your own eyes. Oh boy, I'm important. <laughs> That'll never work. See? Guess who's important? The one who loves God and fears God and keeps his commandments, right? Isn't that true? Isn't that the important thing? And remember what Paul said to, to the Corinthians. They got all lifted up and they were thinking, boy, hey, we're so spiritual and everything. And they were sinning and carnal as could be. And what did Paul write them? You have nothing you didn't receive. Now you think about that. Think about that, everything you have, everything about your life, where you work, what you do, everything, you have nothing you didn't receive. And you have to depend upon eating the right kind of dust every day called food. Okay. <laughs> because dust you are and dust you shall return. Okay. And remember, every time you eat some meat, the animal had to eat some grass, right? And what does it say is of flesh? All flesh is this grass. Boom! Take away the heat and the water, and it's all stubble. See? All right? So we need to be wise and prepare. Okay? Now, let's come to First Chronicles 28. Okay? So this is what we're trying to do here. We'll see how David prepared for the building of the temple. 
So what we're going to do with what we're going to initiate here is we are going to prepare for when I am gone that there will continue to be a Christian biblical church of God that will be a viable church with viable elders, with viable members, and loving God and serving God and going forward. Okay? Now, my son Jonathan is going to be office manager and coordinator of getting everything for the elders for speaking. Okay? Now, Let's see what David did in preparing. And that's what we're doing with Bibles, with books, with booklets, with audio, with video, with transcript books. We are preparing the spiritual meat for the brethren and all that God will call. Okay? That's what it has to be. Now, I've had to do a lot of it, and God has inspired me in it, but that's no credit to me, because if I didn't yield to God and do it, he'd choose someone else, and they would do it, okay? So, the credit is God. So what we need to do is be wise, prepare now, Don't wait until the disaster hits. Okay? So here's what David did. He had a special great ceremony with all, as many as it could get there. And it lists all of them in the first verse. Now let's come to verse 2. And David the king stood up on his feet and said, Hear me, my brethren and my people, It had been in my heart to build a house of rest for the Ark of the Covenant of the Lord. And where where was the covenant residing when he spoke this? In his own house where he had a special room for the covenant with a tent over it. Okay. And Asaph, the high priest, was the one who ran it. And a little sidebar. Every psalm that David wrote he submitted to Aphis, the high priest. And there are many psalms you will see that Aphis himself wrote. Okay? Covenant of the Ark of the Covenant of the Lord and for the footstool of our God and had made preparations for building. But God said to me, you shall not build a house for my name because you have been a man of war and shed blood. However, the Lord God of Israel chose me before all the house of my fathers to be king over Israel forever, for he has chosen Judah to be the ruler and the house of Judah, the house of my father. Okay. And among the sons of my father, of my father's house, he was pleased to make me king over all Israel. For of all my sons, for the Lord has given me many, many sons, He has chosen Solomon, my son, to sit on the throne of the kingdom of the Lord over Israel. And he said to me, Solomon, your son, shall build my house and my courts, and I have chosen him uh, to be my son, and I will be 
his father. And I will establish the kingdom forever if. Okay? So the if is here the same way for all the elders and all the brethren. If. What are we going to do when that day happens? If we're not prepared for it and everybody prepared for it and everybody knowing what they need to do, it will be a disaster. But if we do all of those things, it will be a smooth transition. Okay? If he continues resolute in keeping my commandments and my ordinances as he is today. Now, unfortunately, Solomon didn't do that. So can we take the challenge that we will do that? That the rest of my time that I have, I will do that? The rest of the time all the elders have, they will do that? The rest of the time that all the brethren have, they will do that? See? That's what it's all about. See? And now in the sight of all Israel, the congregation of the Lord, in the hearing of our God, Keep and seek all the commandments of the Lord your God so that you may possess the good land and leave it for an inheritance for your children after you forever. Okay? Now then, that was then. Now then, the goal is eternal life. Right? That's what it's for. And our charge from God is teach the brethren so that they can be in the resurrection. And that's why we have to all continuously love God with all our heart, mind, and soul, and being. That's how we trust God, right? That's how we look to the Word of God and His commandments, and not our own understanding. Okay? So he said, And you, Solomon, my son... Acknowledge the God of your father and serve him with a perfect heart. No hidden secrets. Right? Because God knows the mind and the heart. With a perfect heart, with a willing mind, for the Lord searches all hearts and understands all the imaginations of the thought. So remember this, you can never fool God, ever. If you seek him, he will be found by you. That's what we need. And if all the elders do this, all participating, all the brethren, see, Everything is going to work good. And maybe even blessings beyond what we would even imagine will happen. We don't know. See? But we all need to be prepared. Okay? Now, what we're doing, I'm, I'm trying to do this in preparation because we don't have gold or silver or precious stone or all this that David had stored up and plans for the, the temple of God. But 
My endeavor is, and especially with inflation looking like it's going to be pounding on the doorstep here pretty quick, to have all the literature, all of the audios, all the videos, all the websites, all taken care of with everything that we have that can be available to the brethren. See? So that, that's what I have in mind we're doing now. That's why I am making preparations for the Bible to be printed now, because in a year or two, the price may double or triple. You never know, and it might not be possible to even get it. See? Now, let's see what else he says here, okay? Then he says, but if you forsake him, now that's for all of us, doesn't matter who you are. Any of the brethren, any of the elders, anyone in any of the other churches of God, and don't forget the other churches of God. We're not in competition against them. We pray that they will repent and be successful and help brethren, right? Isn't that what we want? But maybe they have some things they need to repent of. Maybe they have some doctrines they need to change. Maybe they need to have uh, an understanding that they don't need a hierarchy to rule over the brethren and to help them so we all together grow in grace and knowledge. That's what we want. See? So he says, verse 10, Take heed now, for the Lord has chosen you to build a house for the sanctuary. Be strong and do it. Okay? So that's what he commanded Solomon. So we'll take that as the command for all the elders and all the brethren. So I want you to Think about this. I want you to pray about this. I want you to ask God's blessing on the whole endeavor. I want you to ask God to bless all of the elders who will be bringing the half-hour segment every Sabbath. We'll have two before unleavened bread, and then after that, we'll have to see how the schedule goes. Okay? So I hope this gives you understanding what we're doing, so that we can have everything all ready. So when I pass, which I will, I don't know how long it is, but I I don't think I'm going to live to be 130, I can tell you that (laughs) right now. But I may live a couple more years, maybe five more years, I don't know. But in the meantime, think about how we can all grow together in grace and knowledge between now and whenever that occurs. And when I go, I don't want you to be up and upset and say, oh, what do we do now? See, we're going to take care of that right now and be building toward that, okay? Now, when I go, I know where I'm going to be. Right next to Dolores, Okay? And that's what I said when she was interned. I said, well, I looked at Jonathan and I said, well, I know where I'm going to be in a few years. 
Okay? So let's see if we can all put this together and do it in a way that will be what God wants and he will be pleased and bless all in the Christian biblical church of God.